Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. The Hammers see themselves above the relegation zone for certain this time with a 3-1 win against Watford. Chris, it was a crucial win. Now we can relax a little bit. Yeah, first time all season that we've really been able to kind of take a deep breath and look around and say, hey, uh, you know, <clears throat> focus on things that we need to uh, work on going forward. So a great first half, um, great first half. Let's kind of diagnose that real quick before we move into the, the total game. Uh, I thought overall we played okay, uh, but the first half was fantastic. It was one of the best halves I've seen. Yeah, we didn't um, have to wait really long. We were up two goals by about eight or nine minutes in. Yeah, within 10 minutes. And then, I mean, Declan's goal was was world-class. That was a superb goal. Uh, but when you look at the first half only and you say, who's the man of the match? Is it Ogbonna? Is it Suchek? Is it Rice? You know, I, I mean, Antonio. Like, there's so – Bowen. I could keep going. I mean, the amount of people that you can name for man of the match and you could have a great case for each one of those was uh, incredible. Yeah, I think it's really tough to give – yeah, there's there's no one that really separated themselves in the sense that so many players were great, and you know there's the it was a tale of two halves. And after the first half, I was shocked that you know seeing us play like that, how could we still be in the relegation zone at that point? But then the second half came around, and I was like, oh yeah, we're West Ham. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that first half I was looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, all right, this is at least a top 10 Premier League performance. And obviously I, I think pretty competitive for Europa League and I mean, maybe Champions League too, depending on if you play like that every single game, every single half. Uh, coming out the second half though, I would love to know what the manager told the players or what the players did during halftime or something because it was an entirely different team. I thought the second half was pretty unacceptable, honestly. And uh, there is some credit that has to go to the team for grinding out the win. You cannot look past that. A Watford did get a, a goal that, yeah, we probably uh, could have done a little bit better defending on. But after that, it was uh, kind of holding on for our dear lives. And we did hold on. But, uh, but it wasn't, I didn't think, acceptable. It, it was definitely a different tactic that we came out in the second half. We We were certainly planning on just sitting back, absorbing pressure as best we could and, and waste time, which I'm especially for the, I'm not a fan of typically even in the last 10 minutes of game, let alone the last half of a game. And we, we saw Watford really threaten a few different times. They, they did get that one goal, but they, they had a few opportunities for other goals, but you know, it, it begs the question of, I don't, I don't think we would have played like that in the second half had we not been so up after the first half. So it's tough for me to judge like West Ham. And that's, I feel like that's one of the reasons where we are the worst team at giving up a lead is, is a lot of our tactic and our mentality of we don't continue to play the way that got us in front. We change our game after we get in front. And and that's going to be a big roadblock for success in the future. I think it is, but you also have to boil that down, in my opinion, to the manager and what we're doing tactically uh, after you score, what we're doing when you're down by one and uh, the kind of subs you're putting in. We did see an offensive sub. Uh, we saw Fernaus taken out for Hilaire, which I wasn't upset with, but I think there's better people on the field to sub, um, that being Mark Noble. Um, we do want to do a quick shout out to, uh, he had his fifth hundred game, 
excuse me, fifth hundred, wow, uh, 500th game. And what an incredible accomplishment. Uh, we've mentioned before, he's a, a club legend and uh, well-deserving of such a, a, a great statistic and, um, you know, kind of going down in, in club uh, history here. So, you know, shout out to Mark Noble for what he, the work he's put in for the team. Um, yeah, I thought but, his presence was big today, even though, you know, he had a, he had a decent game all around, but I, I've, it's shocking, especially nowadays, when, when a player reaches 500 senior appearances for a, a, the same club. It's, it's a testament to his devotion to West Ham. And, and really, you know, we, we criticize him a lot on this pod for, for some of his play, but both you and I just have the utmost respect for him as, as, as a person, as a, a fan of the club himself, and just as a, as a professional. We do. And the club is an extremely old club, as a lot of the Premier League clubs are. And there's only 10 players, as uh, far as I know, that have gotten to that statistic. So that's a great accomplishment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so, you know, I was mentioning the subs, the offensive subs there. And uh, we also saw Yarmolenko brought on for Bowen later. Uh, again, I did not think that was the right uh, – in that perspective, I didn't think that was the right call. I think um, Noble should have been taken off for Hilaire. I like that sub. I also think that Yarmolenko should have featured. That's great. But I didn't believe Bone was the right one to take off. I probably would have taken off for now at that point to uh, to sub on Yarmolenko. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely – when we take off Bowen, we, we seem to be missing something. We, he, between – if we really look at our team and the, and the midfield and attacking players of our team, we, we really only have two players that, that exhibit any pace. That's Antonio and that's Bowen. When, and when we take off Bowen – we, we kind of lose all, you know, teeth in the counterattack. We don't have, we don't have the legs to really, to really go back and, and hit, hit a team on the, on the counter, especially when, when our whole game plan, the second half seemed to be centered around uh, soaking up Watford's attack, letting them have the ball. You really have to have those pacey players uh, sitting out, just at least keeping them honest. And, and when we take off Bowen, we just lose that. Yeah, I agree. And when Antonio shifts over to that left side, <clears throat> uh, like for instance, when Hilaire came in, I see the pace on that side, but you also have to think you're losing the pace on the right side of the field because he went to the left side. So that's half the field that you're pretty much losing the pace on. And Antonio can't shift over to the right side nearly as easily uh, as when he's playing striker because he's got a defensive role at that uh, in that position as well. So when you're taking Bowen off, that's literally taking out a ton of speed on that right side, and that's half the field. Uh, I don't see that as incredibly smart unless you need to take, say, hey, Antonio is a little bit injured, got to take, or uh, needs to protect him from injury, and we, maybe we can take him off, or Bowen's really tired, fine. But I didn't see that Bowen was putting in less effort when he was subbed off. Yeah, and, and yeah, Bowen seems to have the the stamina to keep going for the full ninety minutes, even though he's often not given that opportunity. And, and pace aside, he's still a better defender than Yarmolinko. Yarmolinko would not be the person I'd bring on to hold a lead. He's not a, you know, he's he's great for what he does. He has a wonderful left foot and has contributed in some key moments this season for us. But he's not someone that is going to make it make a tackle when he needs to. So it was just a questionable sub for me. I, I I did like seeing Hilaire come on, and I thought Hilaire played pretty well. Almost had that that nice little chip of the keeper. The cheaper keeper got a a touch on it, but also had some some decent hold up play. You no, know. 
I was happy with Hilaire's performance. And uh, yeah, he didn't get a goal, fine. But he did have some great hold of play, like you mentioned. Uh, he came on, won some aerial balls. He came on and I think made an impact on the field, which is exactly what you're looking for. I thought Moyes brought him on at the right time. He was around the 60th minute from what I recall. And it wasn't, you know, the 85th minute. Uh, so at least gave him some playing time. I think he just came off an injury. So, hey, we're coming back into uh, it, that, build that stamina, that working back into that game. Um, you know, mentality and everything. And just a little bit at a time, we're close to the end of the season. So no reason to really exert him uh, that much. If you have the players that, uh, you know, yeah, he, he, he got a little more run than he's gotten in the last few games, which is good. I, I the one criticism I have for him is, and, and this is, some of this is justified and some of it is unjustified by who I'm comparing him against. And whenever we put in another striker instead of Antonio, especially Hilaire, the work rate from Hilaire just seems to be lacking as far as pressing on the defensive side. Antonio does such a good job chasing down uh, opponent center backs and midfielders when, when we're on our press that Hilaire, uh, he did some good hold up play, some good aerial duels, had that good shot that almost got over the keeper. But I really thought the one thing he can control every game, he doesn't. And that's, that's the defensive effort that you put in even even though he's a striker you're judged by your goals you the defensive impact from that position can be huge for a team and and i i do have to criticize him by not putting in the effort for that in comparison if you look at antonio for that defensive capability you see him coming back for some corners you see him coming back when he loses the ball he fights like crazy just like Bowen does to get that ball back whereas Hilaire when he loses the ball sure he fights a little bit but then he's like okay the team's got it let's just I'll stay here Antonio runs he'll run all the way back if he needs to uh, and I really like that effort and uh, just to to kind of shift it I kind of think that's exactly why uh, Bowen is fantastic on that right side especially when Fredericks isn't in because Bowen can go back and help Ben Johnson Um, what did you think of Ben Johnson's play yeah, it, it honestly wasn't the, the best performance from him. There were some some good I saw from him, but also some lapses in concentration, some very poor decisions and passes. It's, it's I think after seeing that that performance and especially why it came about, the fact that Fredericks had a late injury knock, I, I think right back is someone we're going to have to bring in over the summer. We can't we can't go into a full Premier League season with just the just Fredericks and just Johnson from the fact that Fredericks is injury prone and decent when he plays, but injury prone. And then Johnson just needs a little more time to, to get gelled into the team. And I don't think he's ready to take on a week in week out starting spot. Yeah. And when you look at Ngakia and how he did against a Liverpool as a top team, Ngakia did really well against a, a team that is attacking you constantly with fantastic players. Then you go to Watford and you have Ben Johnson feature. Um, I was happy to see him play. We really didn't have another choice um, unless you shift, you know, rice around or something like that. <clears throat> so I probably was the correct decision to bring Ben Johnson in. Uh, it is a little scary because he, to me, just needs a little bit more experience. He did okay. It wasn't the worst performance. He could have done a lot of other uh, things better though and so yeah. he had some good crosses in the box I thought uh, he had some good runs but defensively yeah it was a little bit shaky yeah I thought his his biggest weakness for me was just his one two would gain the ball in the back line he didn't do a very good job of releasing the ball to our midfielders he, he gave away possession too many times 
in, in positions that really could have hurt us if, if we hadn't recovered. So, I mean, that comes with age. He's only about 20 years old. So hopefully he has more time. I, I definitely, th- there were some positives. Again, you mentioned he had some good, good crosses, good, good, just attacking play. Uh, and, and he's, he does seem to have the stamina and, and pace to play as a fullback in the modern game. Yeah, I think so too. And just if you're a fan of the show, then you'll get this later, but we are planning for like a transfer episode and kind of where we need to bring in people uh, in our really weak points of the team. And I definitely think right back is a center back. I really think we need a center back. We'll we'll go into it a lot more detail later, but, um, but then also Chris, what do you think of Cresswell and his performance? Um, I, I saw some decent stuff from Cresswell. I still think we need to bring one in, in the transfer window, but I was I thought he was okay. I see I I thought it was a today was a great exhibition of why we needed new left back. He he played on the on the left-hand side against uh one of the the faster players on Watford's team in Instar and Sar just I thought he roasted him. He absolutely I roasted, roasted him time and time again <laughs> even mm-hmm. even if Crestwall was in a decent defensive position to start with. He was just far too slow to keep up with him, and it, it was bad. Like he, that was the weakness of our team. Let me read you some stats, actually, and this is from WhoScored.com. So the, the attack zones of, of where Watford attacked from. So they attacked on on their left side, so our right back, 26% of the time. They attacked in the middle 27% of the time, and that means on the right side where Cresswell was, or you know Watford's right side, our left side, they attacked almost half the time, forty-seven percent. They knew it was our weak point. We knew it was our weak point, and they still just got in behind us time and time again. It. it I think I would definitely want to keep Cresswell around the club. I think he's an established player. I, th- I think he still can play a lot, but especially against teams like Watford. Wolves with with Traore, the Newcastle with uh, Saint Maxim. When when you when we play these teams with these very pacey wingers, Cresswell just really struggles. And and it was honestly, I thought that was although they didn't score a goal from that side, that was our glaring weakness of of the day. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, Sorry, definitely roasted us, um, but. I thought Cresswell did pretty well offensively and he got some ball. He crossed some balls in, gave service to uh, Antonio. And then eventually when Hilaire came in, gave a few balls to Hilaire Suchek again, uh, Suchek had a great aerial game today. So, or, or I guess uh, for the team. So uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought he did well offensively and that kind of balanced out the defense. Now, again, he's a defender, so it's inexcusable. You've got to have a decent defensive game. Um, but you can't, you can't just say, oh, well, he's a good attacker. So, you know, no, you're playing defense, but, um, but I thought he was, he was kind of like a Zabaleta to me where, Hey, if you need him, put him in the game, but we, de- we need a stronger left back, uh, in the transfer window, but, but for the rest of the season, we, we've got to play him. Yeah. I think he's better than Masuaku certainly, uh, defensively. And it, and it wasn't that he was out of position too often defensively. It's just when we played as high a line as we did, he doesn't have the pace to cover back those through balls that Watford would send send over the top. So they, you know, we we need a. I think we need a new fullback on each side in the transfer window. And like you said, we'll have a, a special episode once the season's over. Uh, but he was probably our, my weakest player of the match. 
See, for me, it was Mark Noble, actually. Uh, I thought Mark Noble didn't deserve to start. I thought he didn't deserve to come on any time. Uh, you know, hey, 800 games, or excuse me, 500 games, great. But you, you, don't, you don't put in a player just because he needs that 500 cap. Um, you put him in for his skill and if he earns it. And I, to me, Mark Noble has not earned it the past few games, and he also well, definitely didn't earn it this game. I, I disagree with you. I was definitely mad that he started last game, but he showed enough for me last game that I, I wasn't mad that he started. I, I still think with this shortened season, meaning you know, the, the games are so close together, it, it's hot. It's you know We're in the middle of July now. There's no reason he should be playing all 90 minutes like he did today. Like just to protect him, Moyes needs to recognize, hey, if we if I want to play Mark Noble every game or even close to every game, I can't be playing him all 90 minutes. Yeah, I think so. The stamina just first of all isn't there. Second of all, the pace uh, he's not as pacey as we need him to be like, look at Declan Rice, Declan Rice. How many times does he catch the guy that maybe gets past him, you know, and gets back for a great defensive effort. Whereas if you get past Mark Noble, you're in the clear and focus on the next defender, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but um, let's talk about where, what that win did for us in the premier league in general, in the table. Uh, so right now we're actually 15th. We're tied with uh, Brighton on goals, but we are ahead in goal differential by three uh, with three goal differentials. So that's a, a pretty substantial, um, a pretty substantial advantage going into Man United next game. Uh, we've got a little bit tougher game coming up, uh, but if you look at say Watford or a lot of the bottom uh, teams now, they've got some really uh, difficult games ahead of them Watford plays Man City next and so I mean ideally for West Ham they're just going to kind of keep going down whereas we should be safe like you mentioned before we're not mathematically safe mathematically we're not but let's call it we're safe there's there is no there is essentially no way we can be relegated now it would have to take a historic meltdown um, where we lose both games and lose them so miserably and other teams win both of – multiple teams win both of their games and win them in, in so, so, con, so convincingly that we would lose goal differential, it, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, I, we're, basically, these last two games are just free for us. We, I, and we'll talk about this in the next section, what we should do for, for Man United and then – but I, I definitely think there, there's some opportunity here for Moyes to play some other players. Moving, getting another win. You know, we don't really have a, the opportunity to pass Crystal Palace above us. But so trying to trying to go for more points is. I mean, I, I want us to win, no no doubt. But kind of the pressure is off. There's not too much left to play for. Yeah. And uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling (laughs) going into that game. You know, you're sitting there, you're nervous. You're thinking, Oh my goodness, this team has got to play well to come out within 10 minutes. You're up two zero, And then shortly after Declan gets that incredible goal. I I mean, it was, it was a fun game to watch, especially the first half. Second half, you had to hold your your seat a little bit, but uh, look, Hey, this is, this is a relaxing feeling as you know, for West Ham Liverpool has kind of been like this since like game three of, of the, of the season, but uh, it's nice to finally be a little bit more relaxed going into a game. Yeah, it definitely is. We, this is the feeling we had a little bit last week before the results with, Villa and Bournemouth came out. We were right back in the relegation battle again. So this one, we've 
we finally put it a little too far out of their reach and, and we can be sleep a little easier at night that, that West Ham will be playing Premier League basketball, oh, excuse me, not basketball, <laughs> soccer or football uh, next season. So one, one more thing I want to talk about. You mentioned that great goal from Rice. That is, to me, one of the goals of the season. That It was so great to see him uh, hit that, score that, and then just celebrate with the manager and, and his team. So that that was a great goal um and really kind of summed up that was the point where we knew we were safe what do you think about uh rice's performance overall in that match and kind of there was a very interesting uh interview he had afterwards yeah so you can't just look at this match you have to look at the trend and really all season but let's say from the restart he's had great goals uh, i mean excuse me great performances every single game there's not been one game where it's say, oh, he didn't play well. He's played at least to the classification of good each game, if not great. So let's take a look at that. And then you look at his goal where he went over to celebrate with the manager, gave him a great big hug, which is really cool to see. Um, plus all the team all around him. I mean, that was such a cool atmosphere. Uh, even for me sitting at home watching the game was just, I felt like I was there. It was so much fun. Um, and then, like you mentioned that interview afterwards, uh, one key thing that, I think came from that interview is he said, Mark Noble told me to take more shots because I have the skill. I have the ability to score those shots. Um, and so take them, you know, if the, if the opportunity is there and that's a quality of uh, Mark Noble that I'm kind of seeing in Declan Rice is uh, he makes players around him better. What's your opinion? Yeah, he's definitely there've been there've been, there's been a lot of discussion as as the transfer window looms closer of will he stay at West Ham and and we don't know yet. He definitely has a lot of interest in teams that are uh definitively bigger than us uh, as far as financial power as far as recent success. Chelsea being chief among them that, that, you know, I'm, I, I dread the day. I feel like if he does ever leave us, it will be to Chelsea. I want to keep him. Uh, and he definitely is the star performer of our team week in, week out, you know, consistently. I don't, he's played every minute of the premier league. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just been, he's a solid performer every week. He does bring make the players better around them, and something I really just have seen more and more of, especially this since the restart. Even before he was exhibiting some of this, but especially since the restart, is he is captain material, in my opinion. I agree. I think he's the best uh, captain and leader that I see on the field. You know, whether Mark Noble's on the field um, or not, really. You know, when Mark Noble's on the field, obviously he's wearing the band. Declan's not necessarily wearing the band, but I'm still seeing leadership from Declan, and and that quality right there tells me that he needs uh, that he deserves to be a captain. Uh, and the reason I say that is because Declan is willing to listen to Mark Noble, like I mentioned earlier with that interview, and where uh, he was listening to Mark Noble about taking the shots, but. He, so he's willing to take some, some, uh, you know, criticism or some constructive criticism, but he's also still a leader when he's not, when he's not wearing the armband. And then when he is wearing the armband, he's, I mean, he's still a leader. He's even just excels more. So, I mean, I'm seeing the quality, no matter what stage of play he's in, no matter if he's wearing the armband, no matter if he's, if it's the training field from some of the interviews I've seen and then obviously in game. I'm seeing that leadership consistently. 
Yeah, I think it's, in my opinion, he needs to be the captain next season. Uh, we've talked about Mark Noble. Even Mark Noble's admitted he can't be an every week player in the Premier League. And it's, I, I'm still fine with Mark Noble being the club captain, but I think Declan really needs to be the person that wears the armband uh, every week going or next season because he not only Mark Noble displays great vocal and visible leadership, but it, it really is. There's a difference between having those leadership qualities and being an, an average player uh, on the team and then being have those leadership qualities and being the best player on the team. And just the boost that that can give to those around you is huge. So, and aside, not the reason I would give it to him, but also an added bonus, maybe giving him the captain armband would kind of reward him for the work he's done at West Ham and, and keep him more likely to stay here. Yeah. And one more point about keeping him uh, with the club after his contract runs out, that giving him that captain armband, especially if we improve a lot next season, might give him slight ownership of the team and say, hey, you know, with under my leadership, basically, I can help this team get to the next level. And if depending on his personality and from what I've seen, this is exactly um, the kind of player we want, you know, his character and everything. So he would look at that and he'd say, you know, this is how I accomplished like, yeah, you could go to Chelsea and you could play against some great players and you could accelerate your career you might, you probably would, I don't know. But if you stayed at West Ham, we've got Suchek, we've got Bowen, we've got some Hilaire, you know, Antonio, we've got some good players around you. Let's, and maybe Declan will say, Hey, let's build the club a little bit, give it two or three years. And we're going to be right back up there. Yeah. We need to, we need to build a team around Declan that's able to compete for the Euro, European spots to, to really, I think, keep him. Uh, but I do think we have that part of that foundation built and, you know, two of the players you mentioned, Bowen and Suchek, came in in January uh, and have been obviously crucial contributors since. But let's talk about the man that brought him in. After three wins, three wins in our last five, now we're safely above the relegation zone. Got to give some credit to Moyes. He's done it again. He's kept us up. What do you what do you think of his performance the last since the restart essentially? Yeah, and folks, you're getting a pretty good view, uh, preview, I guess, of episodes to come because I think we're also planning on uh, should we keep Moyes in kind of a great discussion on Moyes overall from the start to the finish. But uh, but that's to come. So for this one, hey, you have to give him credit for the transfers he's brought in in January. You've got to give him credit for the, since the restart. I was, we've all been, I think, pretty critical of him. They were even calling, hey, should Moyes be fired, you know, bored out and all this stuff because uh, they weren't happy, people weren't happy with the hire. But but the, the buck stopped somewhere. And right now, Moyes is doing his job. He's, ever since the Chelsea game, he's gotten great results. I'm not even so upset with the first uh, one or two losses that we had since the restart because, hey, maybe Moyes said, okay, um, we need to test out a few things. Let's just make sure. And then now, you know, Chelsea, he unlocked the offense. And I think he hasn't made, he hasn't changed that team drastically. And that's exactly what he needs to do. He needs to keep the same team on the pitch if we're performing well. So I definitely think uh, there's a, a large amount of credit that needs to go to Moyes that, uh, and I, I think people are giving it to him. I, I can't really speak for the people specifically in London, um, but I think from what I've seen on social media and everything, he's, he is getting credit and he's doing what he needs to. I'm still unhappy with a few things like some of the tactics and some of the subs. 
I want to know what happened at halftime because something changed at halftime. So we've got some room to improve, but right now he's taking care of business. Yeah, I definitely still have some concerns about him, but but he's done a good job and he he really has kind of re-engineered West Ham since the restart. We had a coming out of the break, we had some really poor games, but unlike what I think the 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 critical flaw of of Pellegrini was and that he never changed, Moyes really did kind of change a lot of things. He changed the team took out Anderson was kind of forced to not play Hilaire based on injury and kind of shifted players around and brought people like Mark Noble back on and, you know, played Ngaki, but then had to, you know, with Ngaki's contract situation had to switch the back line with, with Fredrickson there. And he's managed to, to steer us to safety and yeah, got to give him credit for that. He, he has adapted some and, Still think there's some tactical questions, especially around his substitutions, and and maybe he still hasn't done a great job of holding leads with us. We we still managed to give up a lot of goals, uh, not holding hold many clean sheets with him, especially when we get ahead. So, but I'm interested to see what he does during the summer if we keep him. I think I think we will. I think the club is committed enough to him to keep him one more season. He has one more year on his contract, so. Yeah, it's give him credit where he's done a good job. Yeah, I think so. It's important to mention, too, uh, if you look at the way he we, – we were critical of him for switching formation, for switching formation, for switching formation, game in and game out. But as soon as we played Chelsea and as soon as we kind of unlocked that chemistry that we've had with the team – we have pretty much seen a consistent formation. We've seen consistent players, you know, with a few very minor changes, I'd say, uh, especially with injury and things, you have to change some stuff up, but not too much. And so, Hey, he's kept that formation. And I like that Pellegrini, like you mentioned, was stagnant. Didn't change a thing from Moyes looking back, you know, hindsight it's 2020. So looking back and saying, Hey, we were critical of him back then but he was switching formations maybe because he didn't see it working in the training field and, and everything. And then as soon as he found a formation that works, he's kept it. And I got to give him credit for that. Yeah. And he's, he's done a good job. The the boys have responded well and we're now safe. So we have two more games left in the season and the next segment, we're going to talk about what we think we should do in the upcoming Man United game. Welcome back to the second half of Green Eggs and West Ham. Now we're going to look at the game ahead coming up against Man United. Man United currently sits fifth in the table and has seen a better performance uh, recently than they did the first half of the season. Chris, what do you have for us in terms of the preview for this Man United game? Yeah, this is going to be really interesting because they they still have a lot to play for. They I, are still fighting for a Champions League spot. Several teams close around that area, and we are for all intents and purposes safe. So it'll be nice to see what, what happens. Yeah. Let me just mention that. So they're at 62 points. Leicester right now is sitting in fourth with 62 points and Chelsea has 63 points. Uh, Man City's at 75 points at number two. So they're a little bit farther, but definitely the Chelsea, the three, four and five spot with Chelsea, Leicester and Man U. Uh, hey, that, that's competitive right now. And those are some key, key spots. Yeah. There's, they're, I mean, they're a good team. They're a talented team. 
they've had in this in the last several years a lot of good young players come through their academy as as far as Greenwood and and Rashford and and others that have that have performed well so it, it you know they're a very fickle fan base they've been up and down on their manager uh i it looks as if now at least if he at least if he does guarantee them a, a Champions League spot, he should stay this next year. But it's not going to be an easy game. They're going to be coming out. They're going to be very motivated. And I see a potential for us to kind of become lax. Yeah, uh, I do too. Coming out of that win, I want the team to still keep playing at the level they're playing and say, hey, we're still fighting. Technically, mathematically, we're not safe yet. However, I'm very concerned that, the, that West Ham's going to come out more relaxed. We're going to come out and get maybe lose one or two goals to us in the first half and give up one or two goals. And then um, we're going to see kind of that second half play out like we did against Watford, except Man U's got a little bit more quality, I'd say, and uh, they are probably more threatening. Yeah, so with us, with us safe and two games left that – really don't mean necessarily too much to our to our outcome but although it would be nice to if if our final game against Villa did have some meaning for Villa and we could relegate them just as we were the the nail in the coffin for for Watford or no sorry not Watford uh Norwich Norwich um how seriously do you, do you think we should take this game should we put out the exact same team trying to win it or should we maybe rotate some players in and kind of just use this opportunity to, to see what we have in, in, in some players that we haven't been, been able to look at in a while. Yeah, so we're not mathematically safe, but in all, for all intents and purposes, we're safe. We have to kind of keep saying that little caveat because uh, we can't say we're safe yet, but we, we pretty much are. So, uh, hey, I want to try out a few players. I don't want to switch the team drastically. I want to come out. I want to show Man United that we can play with them, we can keep up with them. But I also would like to rotate in some players because we've got two quote-unquote free games where we can really see uh, some players feature. Some players I'd like to see feature are Silva. I think he's, from what I've seen in interviews and what I've seen around team news, he's been killing it in training. Um, another one that I would mind, wouldn't mind seeing again play is uh, Ben Johnson. I think we could give him some great uh, games of experience here with these two games. I, I don't see him really – first of all, I don't know who else he put in. But it's, second of all – I think all, it's too short to, to really see – like even if he plays well these next two games or plays poorly, it's still too early to tell is he going to be the right back of the future or not. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think you definitely have to bring a right back in no matter what, even if he has great, great, great games. But give him that experience. You know, hey, we may need him in the future. Maybe we do choose to go with him for yeah. some reason. I think um, he should play the next two games if only for the fact that you don't want to risk Fredericks in the in a right. meaningless game. Who, if he's already coming back from an injury, there's no reason to to risk any further. Are there any other players you'd like to see feature? Yeah, so you you went a lot with young players, and there are. I would like to see Silva maybe feature I'd, more from a sub probably than a starting role. I think Connor Coventry is one that made the bench this last time. I like to see, but but two, I'd I'd like to see start this game. Um, I'd like to see Hilaire start and I'd like to see Anderson start. Those are both players that have largely underperformed this season. Uh, Hilaire's been injured a lot, so he's been out for the last several, but even before then he wasn't uh, you know, playing top-notch and Anderson's had a lot of issues. 
you know, a lot of fans are calling for the sale of Anderson in the summer. And I, I won't say where I'm at now because I want to save that for the, the podcast we will do on the needs to fill. But I would like to see, is, he, is his time on the bench motivated him to actually try for West Ham? So uh, give him a chance. Give Hilaire a chance now that he's kind of built up some match fitness and just, um, you know, I, there was last season, I believe, was the game kind of Anderson's coming out party where he just had a great game against Man United. We won, uh, I believe the score was 3-0 or 3-1 there. And I think we can, it, it would be worth it to um, give players like that a run out either. So if, if we know we want to keep them or if they're like, for example, in this, in this case of Anderson, maybe we are looking to sell him. We'll kind of give him another game to, to show other teams what, what he's capable of and, and hopefully increase the transfer value. So if he, I uh, maybe increase the transfer value, but if he does well, these next two games, to me, it's not going to change the opinion I have of him, which to me right now is sell him. Uh, one person that might change their opinion for me is uh, Wilshire. I would like to see Wilshire feature a little bit more. Uh, he hasn't really done too much for the team, though I think he, the potential is there. So if he had two great games coming back, then, hey, just came out of injury, had great games at the end of the season. Let's keep him around for next season. Another person I think that could kind of earn their spot back a little bit more in my view is Lanzi. I, Lanzini to me I'm still on the fence about I was I do I should say I did think we need to sell him but he has had some recent uh some pretty good performances recently so I would like to see a little bit more from him I think you don't need to play Yarmolenko um unless we're the club's really considering selling him or or somehow uh other people I would definitely maybe play Suchek you can't cha- see the thing is you can't play too many players to test out but there's say probably four or five I'd really like to see feature. Maybe they're a sub, maybe they start. Um, yeah, I think I there's, it, it's very tough for Moyes, especially after consecutive victories to really change players for non-injury reasons. And I think for, you know, he, his, in his mind, at least his position still slightly uncertain. So I don't think, and I think you you would agree. I don't, we're not necessarily saying what we think he will do. It's more of what you and I would like to see him do. I think he'll come out with something very similar to what we saw the last couple games. Maybe change a, a one player like a Mark Noble or someone. But and, and a lot of and I know a lot of the players would want to keep playing. Like the streak Antonio's on, he's not going to want to sit on the bench. He's going to want to keep trying to play. Suchek. Suchek's going to want to try and continue his hot streak. And I'm for that. If a player really wants to keep playing, I am. Just I also think it's, as the manager, you need to be able to to realize maybe some of your players are going to get a little uh, too tired after so many consecutive games. Yeah, and we have to remember we have two games to see these guys feature. So let's not throw all our eggs in this basket and say, hey, Man United, we've got to see all these guys feature. No. We could see maybe two or three here, maybe, if that. And then against Asha Villa, if we come up and really get uh, high in scoring, maybe we see them all feature. But if not, then, hey, you just test out another two or three. We, we've got a little bit of room to play with. So Yeah, and I think a lot of it, what we could see is, is you know, a difference in the subs. Like, we, we've been bringing on players like Yarmolenko, Hilaire, you know, very senior players, whereas I think you could see, like, and if we need a winger, instead of bringing on Yarmolenko, maybe bring on Silva or, or something of that sort. If we want to bring on a 
you know, midfielder, bring on a Coventry instead of a, a Lanzini or just something like that. I think there's, there's, there are some things we could see. Moyes can fit in uh, taking a look at these either younger players or players that haven't been in the team in a while without necessarily just giving away the game. Yeah. Um, hey, let's talk about players that we're looking out for now and with this Man United team. Uh, so, look, West Ham, we we go into it. We are more of an attacking team, so we definitely want to, I'd say, probably keep that same formation. We'll get to you, uh, get to that in a second. But a few players that you've got to defend and maybe even say tell Rice and Suchek, hey, you, you guys have got to like, especially look out for these guys is um, I think one of the most obvious is Paul Pogba. Uh, the dude's insane. There's no other way to put that. Um, yeah, he's, he's really good. I'm really interested to see how our midfield's able to handle uh, both him and Bruno Fernandez, just the way that they've been, they, I mean, an extremely talented midfield. How is the, the kind of midfield pairing of Rice and Chuchek going to do against a, a class class team like that? Yeah. Yeah, and especially with Antonio, the streak you mentioned earlier, how is he going to do against a team that, uh, hey, we played Norwich, he had a great performance. We played Watford, but but they're at the bottom of the table, you know. Um, he did play well against Chelsea, but I really want to see that performance against Man U. And to me, that would really solidify him as one of, I mean, he's already one of our top players, but uh, that would kind of put him in the running for hammer of the year for me there. Yeah, I'm just looking back at their... Um their match report and they have not lost a game since mid to late January man United have, they have not lost a game since then, but in all competitions, it appears. So both in the cup in the European league and in uh, the premier league, just they have been on a tear. It's going to be, it's going to be a difficult game and they, they're a, a good team. Do we have one more giant killing in us this season? I think we do. I am really excited with the chemistry we're playing with. I'm really excited with the energy we're playing with. Uh, Man, you come out. They've scored. They scored three zero against Villa. They scored three zero against Brighton. They've scored two zero against Man City. It, I mean, these are from the stats I'm looking at. These are not one zero victories that they're barely squeezing out. Um, they're competitive with every team. In, in all levels, but they're also killing some teams. And these are some good teams. Chelsea, 2-0. Um, but what, it also, they do have, looks like they do have one game actually before playing us. They do play Chelsea in the FA Cup. Yeah, tomorrow. Does Maybe that leads to them not having all of their, their top starters against us. It might, but I, I think... I don't think that'll be the case. And the reason is because they're fighting for a top spot and especially against Chelsea, they're going to play like crazy against Chelsea, but they might kind of look at West Ham and say, Hey, we can, we've got to pick up these points, which they do um, if they want to kind of stay up. So I think they're going to play their hearts out against Chelsea. I mean, they've got, so they've got Chelsea, they've got West Ham and then they've got Leicester left really Chelsea and and Leicester. They're uh, those are the two teams that are really super competing with. And so you're going to, they're going to go into West Ham. Like we're going into Villa where, uh, or at least if we're in relegation where it's like, that's a, that's a game we should put away. Um, one thing that we should talk about too, Chris, is what kind of, what do you do as Moyes here 
And what do you think Moyes will do, I should say? I, I think what he will do is he'll keep a largely unchanged side. You might see one substitution. Maybe I'm thinking I can see him having Noble on the bench. I can I can see him maybe not if Fredericks is back playing him over Johnson, but I don't I don't see a drastic change coming from Moyes. I know we discussed what kind of what we would do. But I, I don't see much of a change from him. Yeah, and something that <laughs> interesting to consider here is Moyes is kind of fighting for his job, I guess. Right now, he's doing a, pretty well in his streak, but he also wants to keep that up. So he doesn't want to come in and say, hey, let's take 11 players, completely new players. Let's see how they do. I don't really care if I lose these games. He's kind of got to keep that momentum up and say, let's at least – definitely go for a result against Man U. But in his perspective, I think he's going to come and play, uh, put the team forward, the best team forward, instead of the team that he wants to try out players on. Um, and the reason even is to keep that momentum. Even if his job is not in, in massive jeopardy, he's still he's still fighting for both the trust of the ownership and from the fans, in a sense. Because right. we're, right. you know, we've... A lot of fans have kind of changed their tune about him since this last game and, and since we've been on streak and rightfully so. I mean, he deserves credit. But I, I do think there is uh, a lot left to prove. And so, I mean, he, if, even though from a, a place perspective, West Ham don't have much to win or lose from this game, I think Moyes himself has more riding on the game. And I can't, you know – if he comes out trying to win, playing the same exact team that he had last time, I'm not going to fault him. I want to go. Like I want no. to win this game, but you I can't also, blame him. Yeah, I also want to see what we have that might be able. Oh, if you know we un, we unveil a superstar like, like I mean, if just like in Gakia, if sadly we let him go, but if we never would have played him, we would never would have seen Declan Rice. If we never would have played him, we never would have seen. So give give those youngsters a chance. So give me two players that you think should either feature uh, and either, they could be young players or they could be players that you're, that are senior like Antonio and saying, Hey, you got to keep your strike up two players that you think Moyes has got to put in this game. Uh, I, I think he's got to put Hilaire in this game. Not doesn't have to be a starter, but think of the confidence boost of Hilaire coming back from an injury, getting, let's say one or two goals, these last two games going into the to the the shortened off season with that kind of boost of confidence and and hopefully being able to earn his way into the starting 11 for next year that could go a long way the other one i'd say uh, i'd say ben johnson i i still i i know i said this is too small of a sample size whether he does great or horrible to tell if he's the right back of the future but i at least want to see is he i i, I want to see if he needs to have time in the in the first team or if he kind of needs to be loaned out uh, and given an option and a given kind of a run out in a lower league through loan so hopefully these last two games we can kind of see how ready is he for the premier league so those are the two players i hope feature in some sort during this next game for me i'd say lanzini over for now is honestly for this one and the reason is because i believe for now is it just needs more experience. I believe he's a growing, developing player, just getting used to Premier League now. Lanzini had a great season. Has We've seen potential in Lanzini. We've seen good games from him. So where did that go? I, middle of the season, I can't tell you. But right now he's doing okay. Let's keep playing him. 
Uh, he's kind of the one that's my like wild card. I want to see how he does. The other person that you've got to play in my little safer pick, I guess, is Antonio. Uh, the dude's been on a streak and you can't stop that. You, you literally cannot stop him on the field or just mentally. <laughs> but, he has been incredible since the restart. I believe seven goals and one assist. It's He's leading the Premier League since the restart in goals. It's a sight to see. It is. And defend, he's, he, he's had four or five defenders on him, and they can't get the ball from him. I, I mean, that's incredible. So all of all, definitely a um, more exciting tone this week, especially as the last few weeks have been good results. But this is this has a little different feel to it, us being safe and, and just getting to enjoy being a West Ham fan again. So uh, any last thoughts, Chris? No, come on, you Irons. The game's Wednesday, uh, the 22nd at 12 p.m., at least for uh, in the U.S. And then in England, it's going to be a little bit of an evening game. So I uh, can't wait to tune in and watch it and hopefully get a good result. But I'm really excited to see how this chemistry carries on into a team that is uh, fighting right now for Champion League spot. Yeah, and thank you guys for listening. Just wanted to, to throw out a little plug again. We are on Twitter at Green Eggs and WH. And follow us on Twitter and subscribe on your any of your we're on all the podcast platforms so obviously if you're listening to this you you found us go ahead and hit that subscribe button uh just continue to hear our content and thanks for joining in come on you irons come on you irons